should you sign up your books for Kindle Unlimited? Find out on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Social Pilot, the social media and marketing tool for bloggers and small businesses. Join over 20,000 social media pros at servenomaster.com backslash socialpilot today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Amazon is a very tricky kettle of fish because they're constantly changing the rules, constantly changing how things work, and they're constantly changing the names of things, which is my least favorite part. When you sign up for Kin Unlimited as an author, you have to sign up at, for KDP Select, so it doesn't even have the same name. Now, KDP Select does a couple of things. Number one, people can rent your book. I, as a consumer, as a customer, pay $9.99 a month, $10 a month, to be a Kindle Unlimited customer. That means I can read any book that's in the Kindle Unlimited category for free. I pay $10 a month for all you can read. It's like a buffet of books, and I read far more than $10 a month. I was paying about $300 a month for books until Kindle Unlimited started. So for me, it's a massive savings. It's probably the best thing that I've ever seen sliced bread. I wish every book was on Kindle Unlimited as a reader. As an author, there are a couple of benefits. Number one, you get access to that pool of people. So you get paid on books that people don't even buy. It's pretty good. Number two, you can have, out of every 90 days, five days where you run a promotion. There are two types of promotion. You have to choose which one you want to run. You could do a Kindle countdown deal, which I've never done, or you can do a Kindle free. So that's where you take your book. It's normally $3, $10, whatever, and it's free for one to five days. Whenever you sign up for KDB Select, you sign up for a 90-day period of time, and in that, each time you re-sign up for it, you get those five days. Now, I only ever use one day, and I don't even use them every three months. For each book, I maybe do one or two days a year. But it's good to have it there so when your book dips, you can run one of those promotions and you can push traffic and rebuild the ranking. Now, when you sign up for KDP Select for Kindle Unlimited as an author, you agree not to sell the digital version of your book anywhere other than Amazon. That means you can't sell your book on iTunes, you can't sell your book on Kobo, you can't sell your book on any other platform. Amazon is rewarding you for exclusivity. This is similar to what Pepsi and Coke do. You may have noticed that you've probably never been in a restaurant where they have both available for sale. What Pepsi and Coke do is they say, hey, if you have Pepsi products, you can't sell Coke products here and vice versa. This is why restaurants have one or the other, because they have this agreement that says you can carry us, but not the competition. That's why we give you such a good deal. If you carry only us, we'll give you the soda machine for free. If you carry only us, we'll do this and that for free. It's a form of market manipulation. That means if you have a slight dominance in the market, and this is why Coke started this, in America at least, in taste tests, I think people prefer Coke 60-40. 60% people want Coke, 40% want Pepsi. But if you notice, you go to restaurants, it's really not that split. It's way more restaurants have Coke because they go, oh, most of our customers want Coke. We have to choose between these two products, therefore we'll have Coke. That's how most restaurants do their decision calculus. And it's something Coke thought of that was pretty ingenious and it's a way to increase their market share. So even though only 60% of people like them, they're in around 90% of restaurants. Now, I don't know if those numbers are still the same. This is when I studied in college about 10 years ago. So if the numbers have changed, feel free to leave a comment below. But at the time, this is what they were doing. That's pretty brilliant. And so Kindle Limited is the same thing. It's a way of getting you to say, hey, we're the top market. Don't put your books anywhere else. We'll give you some cool rewards. What I've been looking at lately is how much money do I make from Kindle Limited? At first, it was like 40%. 
So 60% of my money was from sales, 40% was from Kindle Unlimited. Now those numbers have changed and Kindle Unlimited is about 10%. And at 10% it goes, hey, maybe you know what, I should put some stuff on some other platforms. So what I'm doing right now, and until I have the final numbers, this is a, just a test, I want to give you cutting edge data. I've taken a couple of my books that have slowed down recently on Amazon, and I'm putting them on iTunes as my first test. I want to see how I can do in the iBooks store. Having a book in the iBooks store will be interesting because if it could generate more than Kind Unlimited did, if you generate just 10% of the sales that I was getting from Amazon, then it's more profitable. There are a couple of uh, rules about iTunes. iTunes is a different world. It's very easy to get traffic if you, especially nonfiction. iTunes, I'm really testing nonfiction stuff because there's not a lot of competition. So when you have a keyword match book, when you have a really well-written description stuff, you can get your book there quickly. And also, they're not as strict about reviews and about all those other things, about all the things that make Amazon really tough because so many people are always trying to game the system. Because so few people are using iBooks, there's not that much competition. So when I upload a book, instead of competing with 100 similar books, I might be competing with five or 10. And I like that. It's a new opportunity, it's the Wild West. And as I continue this experiment, I'll give you more data, but I want you to think about this. A couple of the authors that I follow, a couple of the authors who teach about writing, teach about authoring, they've also begun to shift. A lot of fiction authors I know have actually moved from Kindle Unlimited so they can start selling books on Kobo. That's the next platform I'm going to experiment with. I haven't experimented with it yet, but I have two or three books, just two or three books, not under my own name. I'm not gonna mess with anything under the Serve the Master brand. That's always gonna be on Amazon. It's always gonna be Kindle Unlimited. I have a really good relationship with Amazon. But with some of my pen name books that have kind of dried up or wound down, I'm gonna test them on other platforms. Because from what I've seen and from some of the people I've talked to who, are, who have books on iTunes, you don't have to do as much maintenance. Whereas my books on Amazon, I'm constantly having to do little bits of maintenance, a little bit of push, a little traffic, a little bit of run up rush to get some more reviews, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, track everything. So I'm interested to see how this plays out and I'm gonna share it with you. It used to be an easy decision to do Kindle Unlimited, but they've changed the program so much that the decision is not as easy as it used to be. There's a lot of benefits to it, but there's also a lot of challenge. I want you to look at other platforms as you're deciding what you're gonna do. Even if you decide you wanna put a book on Kobo, I think that you should do at least one Kindle Unlimited run. Do a 90 day one so that you can run a free promotion and follow the breaking over launch strategy, the Kindle Sniper launch strategy, and then you can take it off Kindle Unlimited because you've launched it once and now you're just doing maintenance. And whenever your book needs a little bit of push, you can drop it to 99 cents and do a promo. This is what I've been thinking about. This is the strategy that I've been thinking about adding in. And so I'm sharing it with you because I'm thinking about growing my business in a new direction, kind of diversifying. I always say that it's dangerous to have any single point of failure in your business because Amazon is my primary source of revenue and traffic for Serve No Master. Almost every single person who emails me or finds me, finds me through Amazon. I'm taking a couple of actions. Number one, I've begun running Facebook ads. So it's possible that you actually found me through Facebook now. I started working with the best guy for Facebook ads for authors in the world. It took me six months to get him to work with me. I'm now working with the best Facebook ads for authors guy in the world. It took me six months to get him to work with me. But now we're working together and so it's possible you found me that way. What I'm doing there is called diversification of traffic. I want a second traffic source. I want people to find me another way. Amazon is one of the biggest businesses in the world, but that doesn't mean anything. Big businesses fail all the time. Look what happened to Enron. Those guys had the audacity to call themselves the biggest business in the world and the smartest guys in the room, and then they all went to jail. Well, some of them did, but their whole business is gone. I've seen massive companies disappear. It doesn't matter how big a company is. If Amazon runs into a problem, and they certainly could, every company does here and there, they might have to break up. What happens if the federal government decides that Amazon has a monopoly? 
Well, they'll break them apart just like they did to the telephone companies 100 years ago or some of the oil companies. They broke up Standard Oil, they broke up Ma Bell, Pacific Bell, you know, then they became Pacific Bell and Atlantic Bell because the federal government said, you're too big, people can't get fair prices, you have to break up into pieces. That could happen to Amazon or many other things. So for that reason, I want to have a diversification. So diversification of traffic is the first step, getting traffic somewhere else, but also diversification of revenue because Amazon pays me when they sell those books. So I'm looking at opening it up. Every time I see a single point of failure in my business, I look for a way to adapt and overcome it. And of course, I've already overcome the single point of revenue. That's why I take short-term projects and ghostwriting projects. So all of these things together add up to protecting my business. So right now, as you're starting out, you aren't thinking about these things about, oh, I've got a single point of failure. You're thinking, I just want to get a single point of success. So as you're starting, it can absolutely, totally make sense to put your book on Amazon, put your books on Kindle Unlimited. I've been using Kindle Unlimited as an author since the day it started. I was in, I signed up immediately as both an author and a consumer. But as you build your business, you'll start to think about, do I want to stay with it or do I want to diversify in other directions? And the best way to make that decision is to look at your data. If Kindle Unlimited is generating 40% of your revenue, then it makes sense to stay there. But if you see a certain book, and some of my books, Kindle Unlimited is generating like 1% or 2% of the revenue. Overall, across all my books, it's around 10% right now. More people are buying my books than Kindle Unlimiting them, which is interesting. Additionally, some of my books, my shorter books, that Kindle Unlimited doesn't generate that much money. Kindle Unlimited pays you about half a penny. Some people say 0.0056, some say 0.0055. But if you just round it down to half a penny, you can be roughly accurate. If you're selling a book for $2.99 and Amazon says, this book is 100 pages, when someone buys your book, you make a little over $2. When someone rents your book, you're making around 50 cents. So it's a pretty big difference, isn't it? A Kindle Unlimited is worth one-fourth. Now for some of my books, Kindle Unlimited is worth more. If a book is longer, then the Kindle Unlimited actually would generate more money. For example, whenever any of my books are on 99 cent promo, sometimes people go, oh, I took the Kindle Unlimited, it says 99 cents, I hope it's okay. And I'm like, yeah, the Kindle Unlimited pays me four times more money. If you take, for example, if you grab Serve No Master when it's 99 cents, Amazon pays me 33 to 35 cents. If you grab the Kindle Unlimited, I make closer to $5 because that book is quite long. There's a lot more value for me when it's on sale for someone to grab the Kindle Unlimited. As a consumer, you don't think that. You think, oh, I'm getting it for free. This person's probably not getting paid that much. It used to be that you got paid per read, like a better fee, but now it's you get paid per page. So it's a little bit of a different monetization. It's more fair, but it's not as great for the authors. You know, you got to get someone to read the whole book if you want to get paid. This lesson, this episode, isn't just about Kindle Unlimited. It's about how we make decisions. It's about decision calculus and looking at something and saying, is it worth the cost to get this benefit? Now for me, having a strong relationship with Amazon has a great benefit. So for my Servant of Master books, those are Amazon only, and they probably will be for a while because I really value my relationship. But for my pen names that are slowing down or they've been around for a while or that they're books that I think could do better on other platforms, I'm gonna experiment a little bit. And as I experiment, I'll come back at you with other numbers. As an author, as a business owner, you're gonna to have to make a lot of these decisions over time. And you're gonna to have to say, is this benefit worth this cost? Is the additional 10% of money I make a month worth not being allowed to sell it anywhere else? Is it worth getting these five days of promotion that I barely use? I never use all five days, so that's not the big benefit for me. If they only gave me one day out of every 90, that'd be fine, that's all I use. There are a lot of places in business where we have to make decisions. And it's the same type of thing when someone says, hey, I want you to write this for me and I'll either pay you a flat fee or I'll pay you a percentage. 
there's pluses and minuses to both. When you take the flat fee, you know you're getting paid. When you do the percentage, you could make a lot more money over term, but there's more risk. Risk becomes part of the ratio. If you watch investment shows and you know that's all I watch, greater risk means greater reward. When I wrote a book and they said, we'll give you either $1,000 or we'll give you 10%, I said, give me that 10%. I ended up making 100 times more money over the next several years. It turned out the percentage was the right thing. Sometimes you do that deal and they never release the book or they never sell it. That you end up making nothing. And that happens, that's happened to me on a few projects. I have a few projects that I made several years ago that I've never sold because every place I tried to sell them ended up never doing anything with it. And that's just the nature of the beast. That's why I'm a big believer in quantity. I have enough projects and enough markets that I'm always protected via diversification. This is why I run pen names, this is why I have separate projects going on. So I want you to think about all of these things. I want you to think about your business and think about the decisions you're making. Each little decision, as much as Kindle Unlimited's decision, also the other decisions say, here's the benefits, here's the costs. I'm in the middle right now of possibly changing my webinar software. The webinar software is right now go to webinar, I pay $200 a month. The competitor for their live and automated webinar software, which allows me to send replays so you can see an older webinar if you want really easily, is $700 a year. So the trade-off is good financially. It's a third the price per year, saves me a lot of money. But the downside is that it runs everything through YouTube Live. It runs everything through YouTube streaming, runs everything through Google's platforms, which means it's not fully under their control. If something goes wrong, they could lose control of their platform. If YouTube goes, you know what, we don't want you using us anymore, you're out of business. This whole company would go out of business. Probably they would start building their own software, but maybe they would just shut down. So that's part of the decision calculus. Every time you look at something, it's not just the money you save, it's the risk. Now, if I close my GoToWebinar account, it's no big deal. I can reopen the same size account for the same price. It used to be, GoToWebinar was really expensive for a while and they've lowered their prices in the last six months to a little bit more reasonable again. My size account for a while was $1,000 a month. So when I got it at $200 a month, that was a great deal. I bought it through a corporate thing. But now I can buy another way and it'll be similar price, no problem. So take a look at every decision you make. Say, how much is this gonna cost? How much is this gonna save me? Is this gonna save me more money? Is this gonna save me more time than it's worth the cost? Would I pay $1,000 a month for something that saves me $10 a month? No way, right? <laughs> $1,000 is definitely more than 10 minutes of my time. So you look at these ratios whenever you're making decisions. It's easy to jump and chase the next software, the next software, the next software, but you end up having all this overhead. So as you are building your business, as you're building your empire, as you're deciding how to invest your time, how to invest your money, keep track of these principles. We don't want to have single points of failure in our business. Is this going to save me more money than it costs me? Do the benefits outweigh the costs? Does Kindle Unlimited, the value of Kindle Unlimited, the promotion, the extra money, the access to that audience, worth losing access on other platforms? And as I run my tests, I'll have more data for you and I'll do a follow-up episode. But I'd just love to share with you my experiences so you can see what I'm doing in the moment. Instead of assuming I'm at the top of the mountain, I just want you to see that I'm further ahead of you on the mountain and that I still have challenges and struggles and I'm still learning things. There's no point at which you should stop learning and growing. So continue building your business, continue growing. Make these decisions, take a look at Kindle Unlimited and decide if it's the right decision for you and always be conscious of how you're building your business. That's how you can make the right decisions and that's how you can really achieve epic freedom. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. 
Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.